Good morning and welcome to Wednesday morning, December the 13th in 2023 on When I Rise. Today we continue year B, the third Sunday of Advent, and we're lucky this week because we actually have an extra passage in this week in the Revised Common Lectionary in this week of the church's calendar year. So we actually have two Gospels this week, so uh, we'll carry the first one today. Luke chapter 1, verses 46b to verse 55. So let me read that passage, provide a couple points for reflection, and then we'll spend our time praying along the theme that we find there. Thanks for making us part of your morning on When I Rise. Let's allow our souls to rise and meet God together in a time of prayer. Luke chapter 1, verses 46b to verse 55. My soul glorifies the Lord, and my spirit rejoices in God my Savior, for he has been mindful of the humble state of his servant. From now all generations will call me blessed, for the Mighty One has done great things for me. Holy is his name. His mercy extends to those who fear him from generation to generation. He has performed mighty deeds with his arm, He has scattered those who are proud in their inmost thoughts. He has brought down rulers from the thrones, but has lifted up the humble. He has filled the hungry with good things, but has sent the rich away empty. He has helped his servant Israel, remembering to be merciful to Abraham and his descendants forever, just as he promised our ancestors. This is the word of God for us. All right, so I imagine that most or all the When I Rise listeners know that this is the Song of Mary. It comes right after her visitation from family member Elizabeth, and what an unusual experience. They're both pregnant. John the Baptist, of course, is in um, Elizabeth's belly, and Jesus is in Mary's, and they have this womb-leaping effect that happens. It seems like the boys in the wombs are somehow connected, and they have this unusual mystical experience, and then Mary bursts out into song, and uh, this is traditionally called the Magnificat, not Magnificent, not Magnificant, <laughs> right? It's a Magnificat. It's a Latin uh, phrase for my soul magnifies the Lord, so, which is the opening line of the song. This is what we call a canticle or a psalm-like song from the scripture text. And what a neat thing that this is captured in the story of Jesus. Uh, what I like about Luke's version of the birth narratives, uh, contrary to Matthew, is there's just more people involved. Uh, There's all these like um, support staff and characters that are in the early stages of Jesus's life. And this seems to be a rhetorical tool by Luke. Um, I mean, Luke is nourishing a church that is full of a bunch of common people, blue collared people. And so what a way to start out the gospel by saying like the best news possible, like the greatest story ever. It didn't come uh, from the hands of the prominent people, the people of notoriety within communities, but like this, the unsung heroes of the faith. And uh, Mary's one of them, uh, quite young as she enters into this story. But uh, do not despise her youth, as Brother Paul will say later in the New Testament. Uh, But you can still set an example of godliness even at a young age. And so here she is, like she's the younger of the pair of ladies here. But instead of Elizabeth bestowing wisdom upon her, like Mary's the one that unveils uh, the potential, what's going to happen in their national story, the worldwide story, because Jesus will be born. 
Um, imagine the theology of Mary here, and imagine that this is the theology that first um, hits the ears and enters into the soul of Jesus. Um, this is a theology that's rugged. It's a theology that's risky and brave because it imagines a world that's turned upside down. Um, and this, these would have been um, hard words to imagine um, for, like, from like people like Mary and Joseph who were chronically poor. They're taxed into near oblivion. They would, ne- would never have visions of grandeur that their net worth would scale up and that they would be able to like sell that house and move into the suburb. I mean, nothing like that would have been the concept and uh, that they would have imagined. But here is Mary. She's talking about like rulers being pulled down from their thrones God exalting the humble. Of course, these are not original ideas, but this would have been the lingering impression of what you thought uh, God, the God of Israel was going to do. I mean, you look at uh, this Abraham, you look at uh, Jacob, you look at um, Isaac and uh, sorry, Isaac and Jacob, and you look at Joseph, and you look at uh, the people of Israel being brought out of Egypt, even though all the odds were stacked against them. Um, you look at um, Israel through exile, where they're you know, banished to all the four corners of the earth. And through a miracle, God begins to bring them back so they can reestablish the promised land. So like, as they rehearse these stories again and again, I think there have been two canvases that people like Mary would have been watching. They've been watching what's really going on in the world. They'd also be remembering these sacred stories, these sacred words from the ancient texts. And they would have given themselves the license to dream that God was not done with their story and that God was going to advance his purposes in unique ways, perhaps in their generation. And so Magnificat, wow, like th- this was the story that maybe she would have sung over Jesus again and again. And so uh, he, perhaps he had this in mind when he opens up the scroll from Isaiah and he's preaching his first sermon, like his you know, the, inaugurating his ministry sermon from Nazareth when he went back home. Uh, perhaps he would have hummed the song all the way to the synagogue. And uh, here is he's saying, The Spirit of the Sovereign Lord is upon me because he's anointed me to preach good news. And that good news was to go to uh, the fractured places of society and to imagine them mended and to imagine a new sunrise in the universe. And that sunrise would be the sunrise of grace, of mercy, faithfulness, and loving kindness. And so we're the people of God again today. We come around these stories. I mean, the Christmas content's not very long, right? Like, But we rally around these texts every year. And one of the things that we have to imagine is, do we have that imaginative type faith like Mary, where we look at like how things are stacked against people, how things are stacked against those who want to develop a, a vibrant religious life, um, the myriad of temptations and the different sirens that call out to us that convince us to be distracted and to not have our imaginations run wild. And so we, we, we enter into this, uh, this, this little gathering between Elizabeth and Mary and we say, hey, maybe God can do that again. Like maybe he could stoke our imaginations and uh, maybe we can begin to envision a more desired future in the days to come. That's what happens when we gather together for worship and as we open up the scripture text and we get around communion tables, right? We begin to say, you know, there's a lot of upheaval. There's a lot of devastation, but all those things don't get the last word. What gets the last word is the God of redemption and the God of hope. Uh, The God who um, 
was so creative that he pulled some of these people from obscurity and gave them gutsy songs to sing. And he gave them a model and a way of life and practices of the faith that would, you know, build a household like the one that Jesus came from. And he began to stitch disciples together and they began to go from place to place and they began to act out this great economy of grace, right? And we get the chance to do that in our own day. So those things in mind, let's spend some time praying to our God this morning. Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, we thank you for this window into the early life of Jesus. We thank you that we're allowed to imagine um, with other people who rub shoulders with Mary and Elizabeth, that even though there have been setback after setback in life, that uh, those things don't have to cloud our vision. They don't have to reshape our expectation. But uh, as people of faith, that we can walk by faith and we can know you're a God with a plan, uh, with a healing heart that wants to mend the universe. And so God, this day, uh, we choose not to listen to the sirens of devastation and negativity within our communities. Uh, we choose to hear a better word and to speak a better word and to imagine the whole entire creation mended and healed because of your loving kindness. And so we pray that you would apply that redemptive work in our own lives within our own imaginations, within our own behavior, so that we can be models and signposts for this new world that's yet to come. We just thank you for the life that Jesus gives us, uh, that we get to be rebooted, we get to start over, we get to learn the right way of uh, viewing the world and every person within it. And so we pray that you would continue to do that transforming work in our own lives. We ask all these things in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen.